0: Welcome to a look in the future, where we ask what would you do if you go to the future and ask yourself questions? How would you grow your firm? How would you transition to advisory services and more? Probably what are, what are the winning lottery numbers? But luckily, we're just gonna ask the time traveler himself, Paul and learn the knowledge and the answer to most of those questions. Because we know we desperately need to grow our firms and evolve in advisory services and become the most relevant advisor to our clients. And as always, Paul brings three amazing things with him. Number one, he built a successful accounting practice in the UK. So he understands accountants. In fact, he built this firm to an advisory powerhouse, which sold for over forty five million dollars in two thousand one. Number two, he's taken a business public, built it to a market value in excess of four hundred million dollars. So he really understands what business owners need. And value and what we as accountants need to provide to them. And finally, like I said, number three, we don't need to invent time travel. We can just assess Paul and learn from the transition he already made 20 years ago in the United K into providing business advisory services to his clients. We're to take the mystery out of that whole realm of business advisory services. I'm Garrett Wagner, as always, your entrepreneurial CPA channel host. I'm excited as always to be joined by Paul Avon of Hayrack Solutions and we're continuing our series of the six key areas of business advice. We've done the overview, we've done number one, we've done number two. Paul, why number three, seven wastes, right? Let's talk about those wastes.
1: That's correct. Hi Gareth, how are you doing? Uh, quite correct. We're going to be focusing today on the seven wastes. I know I often say this but this, this one is another of my favorites, and I guess they would be because these six key areas are the ones I do all the time. But One of the reasons I like this one, obviously it's focusing on waste and efficiency, but it has a dual purpose. It also gets you into team building and building culture. So I think it, it, it's good because you sort of uh, kill two birds with one stone, as it were. So what I'm going to do is share the screen um, and take you through that. So hopefully you can uh, hopefully you can see that so again, just a little bit of summary. remember the time scale you know, if we 're doing this sort of stuff we 're working to our general rule we 're probably more than five years away from an exit and we 're concentrating on growth so we 're into those six key aspects of business advice, which as i 've said many times now before, represent yeah you know, probably more than eighty percent of anything and everything that you need to know about giving general business advice and in episode thirty one which was a couple of episodes ago, we looked at the four ways to grow and three of them were to do with revenue and the fourth way was getting more efficient. And we said, we'll look at this in episode 33 when we examine the seven business waste areas. So that's what we're doing today. Okay, so let's just get into a bit more detail now. And first of all, I just wanna stress to, to remember the difference between actually providing business advisory services and implementation. So if you look first at advisory, advisory services just generally, typically involves you as the advisor, brainstorming the possibilities with your client. And my belief is that any CPA can do this part with the right training and following the six key aspects of business advice. And I'd sort of draw a distinction there, uh, Garrett, between the advisory, And the implementation, because the implementation is where you move on from brainstorming the possibilities to then implement the solution. And this is usually where most CPAs would hand over to whoever's the relevant expert for a particular type of expertise. And I I suppose the key message really is know your limits. But, But in the beginning, we are concentrating on the brainstorming part of the seven wastes as a brainstorming tool. And just a little bit of background. Um, this technique or this tool was developed by Toyota just after World War II. So that's quite a long time ago, about 70 years or so. And they're still using it today, Garrett, which I guess it sort of um, means if they're still using it 70 years later, it it probably means it works. And the other thing I think it tells you is you can never eradicate waste forever. It keeps coming back into a business. It's sort of like the, uh, um, the sea coming in and washing away on the beach. That's great news for a business advisor, by the way, because it means this, this is one where you can keep using this particular tool over and over again. If you did it a year ago, you probably need to do it again, and, and then the next year, and then the next year. You keep on doing it, so it's a great one for business advisors. Um, again, a bit more background. This is one where I'd suggest you ideally use it with mixed teams, so it's not just senior people. Go all the way down in the organization. In fact, the more junior people, tend to know where the inefficiencies happen much better than the really senior people in an organization. And I would normally look to work with maybe seven to 25 people, split them into sub-teams. And essentially what you're doing with this exercise is focusing on each area as we'll look at seven waste in a couple of minutes. And one, identify where the waste happens. And then secondly, rank the waste areas and prioritize uh, where you need to take some action. And once you've established those priorities, what you'll find is that the things that come out of the seven waste fall into two categories. There'll be those things that are easy to fix, but possibly have relatively low business value, but that doesn't matter because those things are great for creating change momentum in a business. And then the second type of thing that will come out of a waste exercise is things that are harder to fix, but, but by definition, because they're harder to fix, they'll probably have higher value to the business. And that's how you really deliver value to the business owner. So don't just think um, it's only the high value things you're going to do. You're going to do a mix of low and high value because you're going to want to create momentum and you're going to want to deliver value to your client. So let's quickly take you through the seven wastes um, in terms of the brainstorming tool. So the first one is you just say to the team, so where do things regularly go wrong in your business? Where do things break? Where do they regularly go wrong? Where do they regularly, where do you regularly have to redo something or fix something? And then all you do is you get that team thinking and working and they'll usually pop up with you know, five, six, seven areas, some small, some big, but identifying is that thought prompt, where do things go wrong? Second thought prompt, waiting for things to happen. Where do things, where do we have to wait and by the way, this is a big one for CPAs, um, you know, they wait for their clients to make decisions, they wait for their clients to bring the books in, they wait for the, uh, uh, getting, the bill, getting the bill sent out, they wait to get paid. So lots of the areas where people, particularly service businesses, wait. Number three, where do we over-engineer the solution or, or putting it a bit more simply? Where do we do too much for the money that we charge the client? This is another one. Like, again, using a CPA as the example, CPAs are full of uh, uh, examples of where they just do too much for the too much for the money they charge their clients and over deliver uh, and, uh, and undercharge. And again, just get the teams brainstorming, come up with a list of possibilities. Number four: Where in the business do we have either the wrong process, or even possibly more typically? just no process at all where could we do with a process to get things working better number five where do we have problems relating to what I would describe as working capital buildup, and that might result from too much stock or too much work in progress or too much too many unpaid bills but where does where do working capital problems build up and more particularly, why do they happen? Uh, Why why is that happening? Is there anything we can do about it? Number six, I, I colloquially call this one transport and basically it's stuff outside the business itself. So it could be logistics, but it's to do with more typically communication, communication breakdowns between us and a vendor or us and a client. And then similarly, number seven, I call that one motion and by contrast with number six, which is outside the business, motion is inside the business. And traditionally that might be things like production lines, but in today's businesses, it's usually got more to do with communication breakdowns. Where are the communication breakdowns probably between departments or or different areas of the business. And really all you're doing is you're taking those seven areas and using them as thought prompts and getting teams of people To begin to brainstorm where the problems are and by the way this works even better if you have a group of say 25 let's say 28 people you'd have maybe seven teams of four and each team would brainstorm one of the seven areas and what you'll find is that the problems that come out of for example area number one might also prompt thoughts in area number four and if they come out in different groups from different prompts then you probably know this is something that needs fixing. So essentially what you're going to do, you brainstorm those seven wastes, as I say, whether it's one small group doing it seven times or seven groups doing it, doing one each, you you would typically look to brainstorm for one to two hours. And I've never done this, and I've probably done this a hundred times, probably more than a hundred times. I've never found a business yet that didn't find at least 50 business problems. In fact, I normally say If we don't find 100, we're really not trying very hard. These are are what I call the rocks at the bottom of every business, and they exist in every business. And you'll find that some of those problems are small and easy to fix, and some are big and harder to fix. But the great thing about it is, and I sort of alluded to this at the beginning, Garrett, is that, yes, you're doing this from an efficiency point of view, but what you're really doing this for is to create a team accountability culture Because what you're going to get from this exercise is two benefits. Obviously, you're going to identify areas of waste and we'll hopefully fix that. But where I think you'll get the bigger benefit is creating a team culture of the team beginning to recognize, A, where the problems exist in the business, and B, how they can begin to work together to fix it. So in a nutshell, that's it, Garrett. And uh, I hope that one was useful for you. And I don't know if there's any any, uh, questions arising from that. You know, Paul, it seems
0: like once again, a lot of these issues and problems, they're prevalent in CPA firms as much as elsewhere. So the great thing is we can learn from ourselves first.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I I always say to CPAs, practice on yourself first because you're a business just like everybody else. You've got the same problems. In fact, you've probably got more problems than than, than, than the most regular businesses. Practice on yourself first. It's a safe zone. And then take that learning and use it with your clients.
0: Yeah, and go with the clients. And I know especially this sounds very theoretical, and you might be thinking, listen to this, man, this is going to be hard to do. How do I pull this together? One of their pieces we haven't delved into yet, though, Paul, and you and I both know, is through the Hayrock system, this is all done in a very systematic way through the web
1: portal. Yeah, this is one. Uh, it's all done systematically. It's all done online, and we have videos and things to show people how to do it, and it's a real good, Um, I mean, just to use a phrase, it it creates a lot of revenue, because every business needs this, every business has waste, every business, or a lot of businesses want to create better team cultures. And the really great news, as I said, at the beginning is, you always do this one more than once, because you never fix waste, it just keeps coming back into a business. So it's one you can do every two or three years with pretty much every business. It's a a good one. And it's one of my top six. And, you know,
0: Paul, on my side, you know, I've always had an experience, it's this isn't some like really hard, heavy lifting on our side as accountants. A lot of it is the client knows the answer to these questions. They're just too busy every day to yeah. reflect back on them. And we're just trying to get them to pause yeah. or even an hour and think about okay, number four, wherever we have the wrong process or no process. Let's just think about it. Let's, let's go through what we do yeah. and well, think about it. And they come up with almost all the ideas. We're just helping frame it out
1: yeah,
0: and pull so. it together. You don't need to create their process from zero to like, how do I make the widget?
1: The, 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 and the even better thing, and you just alluded to it with the you know the owners and being busy and so on, this is a thing that actually uh, is better done by the team it's better done by more junior people within the team um, in, in some ways it's better done without the owner to inhibit the process um, as long as it has good facilitation. This is one that doesn't take any effort from an owner um, it's just getting the team helping helping the owner to stop. Stop it being the owner is always spinning the plates. Let's get the team spinning some of the plates. Yeah, and that's something else. We've, like you
0: said, we're really pulling together all the stuff we talked about before. A couple of prior episodes we talked about, you know, where do these ideas come from? It's usually not the owners. It's people on the team. So now we're just kind of taking that knowledge and you're kind of seeing how it applies to take this mystery out of advisory services. So, Paul, I think that's, that's all the time we have. Any final words on the seven wastes for everybody watching?
1: Uh, I think my only final words are, Garrett, as I said at the beginning, you know These six areas, um, between them, that, that they represent more than 80% of anything you need to know. Take the time to learn this one. It, you know it, you will be able to use it in pretty much every meeting with every client. Um, it, it, it's a good one. Go for it.
0: I like the sound of that. So thank you, Paul. There's some great insight on skill number three, the seven ways. Stay tuned as we go through the rest of the six skills. And as always, something me and Paul talk about behind the scenes. We're getting ready to do an episode how most CPA firms are not ready for the future and how they don't even realize it yet. And we think you need to know where you stand today. Is your firm ready for the future? Ready to shift in becoming the most relevant advisor for your clients? Take a minute and set up for your own free biz survey and get an objective assessment of how prepared your firm is for that future. It's a special offer, benefit to watching the show. We'll provide you the results, your biz score, and a quick follow-up meeting. There's a link below, and I, I encourage all of you to click on it, take the test. Thank you for watching, everybody. Click to subscribe to the YouTube channel. See when the episodes come out right away. And as always, we challenge you to take action, change the world, and invest in yourself.